The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two of the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm glad you've tuned in, everybody here to the program. Uh, Ellie, you remember we uh, we put together a... Uh, this week was dominated, I, I think it's fair to say, with foreign policy and United Airlines. <laughs> I think, I think it, was, it was all Trump and United Airlines dominating this entire week. And United Airlines finally got it right, but then the lawsuit hit. And we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, but what do you think, Ellie? How much will, how much will you, and maybe you guys on Twitter too, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S, S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X. How much do you think that United's going to cough up? Because this is not going to trial. There's no, no, not after this whole PR debacle. This ain't going to trial. They're going to settle. It's just, now it's how much? Um, give, me a, give me a ballpark, Ellie, with all of your years of experience in, in the legal profession. Um, um, I would say about $200,000. Two hundred dollars I have no idea. $200,000. That's going to be a little low. I uh, was talking with a, a friend of mine. I said, you know, I, this isn't going to trial. And uh, I think they get in and, and this, this doctor says, oh, I want $20 million. They get in there. We'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you 10 They'll say, how about 15 Done. $15 million bucks. To which I, then, then later I, got, I heard from another friend saying, you're high. This, this is going to be, this is going to be a $100 million lawsuit. You know why? Because the dude's two teeth were busted out. Did you hear that? He Two teeth Whoa. busted out. Yeah. He had a concussion. And the pictures of him being dragged out. And by the way, somebody was very, very clever. <laughs> um, superimposed Hillary Clinton's face over, <laughs> over this doctor's face being drug out. And they called it 2016 election. <laughs> Hillary Clinton being drug out. And it was Trump and, and, and Mike Pence dragging her out. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyway, so he was saying 100 million. And maybe they settled for somewhere, you know, 50, 75. But I was like, wow, can you forget? Oh, broken nose, too, by the way, Ellie. Broken nose, two busted teeth, and bloodied face. Humiliation. I saw the video. They like 
I thought they like knocked him out, like punched him out. But somebody said yeah. that he they his face hit one of the armrests, and you know how like how hard those are and on airplanes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, regardless of you know, it, it was all a result of what he was doing. You know, uh, now, now, nobody for one second thinks this guy was right in resisting. He should have gotten off, but uh, gotten off the plane when he was asked. But I think what this did was illustrate not just United, because they're, they're the poster child right now, but every other airline. Uh, ABC News put out a statistic. Do you know how many people just last year were bumped off the planes so the planes could be used as taxi services for airline employees? 40,000 people. 40,000. Now, compared to how many flights there are per day and per, or per year, that's a, a rather small, that's a fraction of the flights. But still, the message is clear. If you absolutely, positively have to be someplace, don't rely on an airline because you could get bumped uh, so, so they can transport their employees. Now, we had a little fun with this. We, uh, we came up with a suggestion for United's competitors to uh, capitalize, if you will, <laughs> on, their, on their bad fortune. And uh, we came up with this. United CEO Oscar Munoz. All good relationships are built on trust. We know that, and we know that we have to earn yours every day on every flight. want to get away a law enforcement official will never come on one of your planes again to remove a booked paid seating pass seating passenger we can't do that want to get away now you can with southwest fares as low as 59 dollars one way yes to low fares with nothing to hide that's transparency <laughs> southwest could do very well by featuring the United CEO wanting to get away. You also, you know who else wanted to get away this week? Sean Spicer. We didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. Someone as despicable as Hitler didn't even sink to using chemical weapons. Want to get away? <laughs> he was not using the gas on his own people the same way that a shot is doing. I mean, there was not in the, in the he brought him into the two. Um, Still want to get away? Um, at this time, there's no intelligence. That's, that's, um, no, that's, 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 that's blood come from their face. That's, 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 got into a topic that I shouldn't have and uh, and I screwed up I mean you uh, you know and I hope people understand that that we all make mistakes so there's two takeaways one is uh, it's a very holy week um, for both the Jewish people and the Christian people and this is not to, to make a gaffe and a mistake uh, like this is inexcusable and reprehensible and then secondly you know just from a professional standpoint um, it's obviously disappointing your job as the spokesperson is to help amplify um, the president's actions and uh, accomplishments. And I think he's had an unbelievable, successful couple of weeks. And when you're distracting from that message of accomplishment, uh, and that's 
your job is to be the exact opposite. On a professional level, it's disappointing because I think I, I've, I've let the president down. Wow. Uh, that was Sean Spicer with Greta over on MSNBS. So he owned it, uh, which is something you don't see a lot from politicians, and particularly on the other side of the aisle, but politicians in general. He owned it. It's my fault. I screwed up. Going to move on. Uh, and, well, good for Sean Spicer for at least not behaving like the United CEO. <laughs> Just say, took him, what, four or five days to get it right. All right, up next, we're going to talk about Obamacare, folks, and then we're going to get into the border. So what does the Obamacare repeal, replace bill have to have at, in it if they ever get around to it? And then coming up, what about sanctuary cities are being targeted all over the country as they rightly should be. And some common sense legislators are saying, you know what, if you are an elected official and you're actively thwarting immigration law, you ought to be put in jail. Can you guys imagine Democrats being perp walked, thrown in jail? I love that idea. And we're hearing from the Border Patrol. What do they think about Paul Ryan delaying border funding possibly for next year. This is a trial balloon that went over like a a lead balloon, if you ask me. Back in a minute, it's the Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. The media wasn't ready for a conservative Latino, so naturally, we gave him a show. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo Show. Listen. Dial. Speak. 888-900-3393. All right, coming up, we'll talk about the, the borders and illegal immigration. But first, something that affects all of you on hold and all of you in the sound of my voice is this repeal effort, such as it is, <laughs> by the Republicans to get rid of Obamacare and how this ought to go. We're, we are hearing there is movement, but uh, those of us who are skeptical and, and have lambasted the Republican Party for not having this ready to go. Uh, Many of us have asked, what have you been doing the last five or six years? Let's talk about this and some ways forward with Dr. Kristen Held. She's a board-certified ophthalmologist and surgeon. She is a Phi Beta Kappa graduate from the University of Texas at Austin and received her medical degree from the University of Texas Medical School at San Antonio. On October 1st of 2015, folks, her practice became completely third-party free, meaning she said, you know what? The traitorous insurance companies, you're no longer welcome in my practice. She deals between her and her patients. Dr. Held, it's great talking to you again. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. This is so important. We cannot let a mistake happen here. They made the promise to repeal, and they've got to stand by it, and that's not what we've seen so far. 
Well, I, I concur. And you wrote an op-ed here uh, uh, dovetailing off of the, the, the slogan, Make America Great Again. You are saying, make insurance affordable again. And you go down a couple of, uh, of, of areas you think should be the point of focus. You say, we must address the entrenched flaws that keep these costs going up. What do you, what do you mean? Absolutely. They haven't changed one thing about the perverse system where all of these third-party parasites and intermediaries are siphoning off money from, uh, from the system. You know, we're spending $3 trillion a year. If we would address the underlying problem, maybe we'd only need to spend $1.5 trillion a year. But we're, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're finding just a different way to keep the old clunker running. And um, that's not going to work. What we need is absolute innovation, paradigm shift, new models. For example, what I'm doing in my practice with direct patient care, what uh, Dr. Keith Smith is doing at Surgery of Center of Oklahoma, what Josh Umber is doing with Atlas MD, is we have these innovative direct patient care models where we're able to provide the care at a fraction of the cost, including performing operations, doing surgery. So why can't we start with the patient and physician, have a paradigm-shifting, money-saving, a wonderful healthcare system and build it around that instead of building around preserving the, the insurance company's um, power and the government's power and pharmaceutical and hospital's ability to extract money from a system instead of putting the money to take care of the patients. What is our goal? Our goal is to take care of the patients, and our, we have misplaced priorities right now. In your view, are, are the everybody talks about uh, dropping the cost of medical care. Does the insurance company add to the price tag of medical care? Absolutely, in in so many ways. We we, we this is not just a redistribution problem at the point of the government. There's a redistribution problem all the way along, magnified over and over and over again in this through, um, through, through many, many ways. So, you know, what they did, uh, what they proposed so far is getting rid of the mandate, but they haven't gotten rid of any of the pressure on the insurance company. So, you know, while we may castigate the insurance companies a little bit, some of it, some of it is forced on them if they would get rid of the mandates and regulatory requirements on the insurance companies, then they could innovate and come up with innovative products that were customized to each individual consumer. And then we could let go with free market forces and, and young people, people could buy, you know, high deductible policies that they wanted. You know, what we need is, is to have insurance, not health coverage and right now you're buying basically health coverage from a company that they aren't doctors they're they're insurance companies and so what you're buying is a product and then they're deciding what's really happening and this is one of the reasons why i severed all of my third-party agreements i see the patients but i'm not going by what the insurance companies are saying basically there's a corporate practice of medicine going on with them saying oh no your patients can only use these drops or oh Let's see if we authorize you to do the surgery. Well, send me your chart and let's look. Well, these people aren't <laughs> doctors. It, it's and patients are suffering. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it sounds like it. Uh, Dr. Kristen Held is our guest right now, folks. She's a board-certified ophthalmologist and surgeon. Uh, look, I, th- th- we've uh, chronicled how insurance companies 
add to the cost of overall care in their redistributive model. Uh, of course, the, the HMO system was gifted to us by Democrats, this, this sharing of burden. Uh, you, I, you made a very good point that we've got to get back to this model of actual insurance. And what actual insurance is, is protection from catastrophic loss, not showing up to the doctor appointment to, to, to get seen if you have a lung infection or something like that. And the analogy we often use here on the show is when you, when you fill up your gas tank, you don't bill your auto insurance. When you change your windshield wipers, you don't bill your auto insurance. And, and that's the dynamic that unfortunately we have surrendered to and we've got to get away from in the medical in the medical realm, yes? You're absolutely spot on, Chris. We need to readjust our core priorities. It is insurance. It is not care. And it isn't insurance when you don't have access to a doctor. And it isn't insurance when they say, no, you can't have what you need. So we've got to get back to the to the point where the doctors and patients are making the decisions about what needs to be done and that there's insurance for catastrophic illness. And we've got to get rid of the, you know, people don't want to do it, but you've got to get rid of the situation where people can wait and go out and buy their insurance the night before. Yeah. Um, you know, that doesn't I've got one last sure. question, Doc, because I'm, I'm up against the clock here. Uh, okay. there, we, have, we have asked uh, uh, Congressman Kevin Brady and others, about this this fix the Republicans want to put forward. And th- they are rightly concerned that Obamacare has destroyed the insurance market, which, which, is, which is what it's designed to do, and that if you just cut it off cold turkey, there'd be a lot of people left in a lurch. Would you support temporary subsidies or uh, 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 accommodations that had a sunset provision so that the insurance market could resurrect itself? Would you support... Uh, subsidies, but only for a uh, maybe a two-year period while the insurance industry recovers? Yes, if I saw phase two and three in writing already passed, because I don't yeah. trust them, I'm sorry. So <laughs> we're not going to leave people in the lurch. And you know what? If they just let go of the regulations, I'll bet you by tomorrow these insurance companies would be out with innovative solutions. They wouldn't need the subsidies. They just want them. Who doesn't yeah, want subsidies? Easy money. Want- Easy yeah, money, doctor. Yeah, Dr. Kristen Held, everybody. She's board certified ophthalmologist and surgeon. If folks want to check out what you are up to these days, is there a website you guys have set up yet? Um, you know what? Our Bridge to Health, we've got one under construction for our business where we're going for direct patient care. But right now, people can go to AmericanDoctorsForTruth.org, see me on Twitter, and look at the AAPS, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons Online website. Great resources. Dr. Kristen Held, happy Happy Easter. Have a great one. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you very much, lady. We appreciate it. All right. uh, Telephone number, folks, you want to weigh in is 888-900-3393, Let's let's get into uh, the next area of discussion here, which is illegal immigration. Before we go to the break, I'll plant some seeds, and if you guys want to um, weigh in, feel free. Uh, There is... Well, there's a flurry of activity across the country from state legislatures now that they have a federal government that will not be working against them to actually enforce the rule of law. Let me give you an example from the state in which I'm broadcasting in. And by far, this is the toughest law that I've seen out there in the United States. And and for if you guys are in states that have a law that's just as tough, I want to hear from you. But the Texas State House has decided that they will pass a law 
the Senate did this, the conservative Senate did this, that will punish elected officials who openly and wantonly thumb their nose at and try to prevent federal the feds from in, enforcing federal immigration law. Uh, let me read from the uh, one of the local papers there called the uh, Star-Telegram. A tough Texas anti-sanctuary cities bill that threatens to throw county sheriffs and small-town constables in jail if they refuse to help enforce uh, federal immigration law looks to uh, be on a fast track toward passage in the state's Republican-controlled legislature. Now, I want to take issue with the Associated Press wording here because this is an AP story that appeared in the Star-T. This isn't about uh, local officials being forced to enforce immigration law unless they want to sign up to the program that allows them to do that. This isn't what they're being punished for. This is for deviants like this judge out in Oregon. Remember, she had a drunk driving illegal in front of her court. She knew ICE was waiting outside. There were three entrances into the court. So... She knew that two entrances were covered by ICE, and the only one that wasn't covered was her private entrance into the court. What did she do to the illegal alien? She let the illegal alien go into her private entrance so the illegal alien could avoid deportation. Remember, he was in there for drunk driving. So liberals like this judge, idiots like this judge who stand up for the illegal immigrant so they can stay in this country and continue to victimize American citizens... When Democrats behave like this, the Texas House and Senate say they ought to be in jail. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. So I would say that, that the Texas law is, is sort of the gold standard. But how many of you, in the sound of my voice, are like, wow, that this should be the case everywhere. That if you're an elected official and you believe that you are above the law and that you don't have to comply with federal law, what's up with that? And that you, you know, I'm sick and tired of politicians both political parties saying, well, the only recourse the American people have is when you um, when you have an election, that, that that's when you can get rid of politicians who don't who don't follow the law. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, no, you don't follow the law. Nobody's above the law. And standing in the way of a federal agent enforcing the law, that that federal judge out in Oregon should have been placed in handcuffs. She obstructed justice and as a judge ought to know better. So you got Texas, and there are other states who are cracking down on sanctuary cities in their own way, but I think this is the best way. Putting Democrats in shackles, perp-walking them, I think is the best way to do this. Now, will it come to this? I don't think so. I think Democrats will think better of it and decide, well, you know what, I... I'm all down for liberalism and, and undermining America and all that, but I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> and I want to keep my government-funded job, my taxpayer-funded job. So they will acquiesce 
in the face of a law like this. But the, the very idea that you can actively thwart federal immigration officials who are asking for cooperation, uh, I'm sorry. And if you go out of your way to accommodate the illegal alien, who, who are you serving? You're not serving the American people. You're not serving the rule of law. You're serving, the, you're serving citizens from other countries. Varney and Company. You guys know uh, Stuart Varney from Fox Business, and you see him on Fox News every once in a while. He was talking with a Border Patrol agent. And this Border Patrol agent happens to be uh, the president of the Border Patrol Council. His name is Brandon Judd, and they had a very interesting conversation. The Speaker, Paul Ryan, is suggesting that Congress delay border wall funding until next year. What do you say about that? Uh, I disagree. Uh, we have to... President Trump promised the American public that he was going to secure the border. And part of securing the border is putting in place the, the proper technology and resources that allows us to be successful. And, and a border wall in, in strategic locations is one of those things that we must get done. Now, we talked to Senator Cornyn two days ago. And we asked him, the Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Sessions, said that a, a border wall is a force multiplier. And do you and do you agree, Senator Cornyn? He said, absolutely. For those of you who uh, don't know what a force multiplier is, tools and equipment can make one man be many men. Um, for example, one man may not may get past another man or may not be stopped by one other man. You put that other man in a tank, <laughs> all of a sudden he's taking out many men. You understand? So it's a force multiplier. So when you when you have a barrier system, you are able to do more with less on the border because you have proper tools. And that is a very serious tool and a much needed tool that we need. A barrier system works, folks, and don't let anybody tell you any differently. All you need to do is point them to an NPR report from 2006 that published data well, was it 2006 or 1996? Published data from when there was just a cable stretching from the Pacific Ocean out to the Imperial Valley in San Diego across that southern border. And, of course, as you could imagine, just one small metal cable, illegal immigration was rampant. People would just walk right across. So when they put up a triple-layer fencing system, guess what happened to illegal immigration? It dropped by 95%. So those who say that walls don't work, they're just lying. With a proper mission. Now, not by themselves they don't work. You can't just put up a wall and then just go home. No, you gotta have, you've got to have a proper mission. You've got to have it properly staffed. But when it's used with a proper mission, and the proper mission is this, illegal immigration stops. Illegal immigration is wrong. Illegal immigration is immoral. And illegal immigration is bad for the United States of America. Period. End of sentence. It ought not be allowed. So when you put up barrier systems, that helps thwart illegal immigration, which is exactly what the majority of Americans want. I just want to go back to a report that we ran in the last couple of days. Oh, hold on. Before Mr. Varney goes on to that report, Paul Ryan, if you're listening, Mr. Ryan, uh, if if you want to play shenanigans with border, fu with border wall funding, you do so at your own peril. 
the Republicans, the moderate Republicans, the mainstream Republicans have been viewed as sellouts to the American people on the illegal immigration front. Don't confirm those suspicions, sir, by playing shenanigans and and uh, selling out to the Chamber of Commerce. Who has abandoned who who I believe has abandoned any credibility as being a pro-American organization with this and with their support of other left-wing causes. Uh, back to Varney and Company. Border wall in, in strategic locations is one of those things that we must get done. I just want to go back to a report that we ran in the last couple of days that border crossings, illegal crossings coming into America are now at a 17-year low. Would you confirm that, sir? And will you tell us that that's exactly what you have actually seen on the ground? In, in 20 years in the Border Patrol, I've never seen such a quick drop. And the 17-year low is in, is in fact correct. And again, that's, that's that's due strictly to President Trump's policies. And what about that? Well, the United States of America is now saying we will enforce our laws, period. End of sentence. Uh, that sends a message not only to Democrats, but also sends a message to those who would want to enter the country illegally on their schedule. No, not going to happen. Not going to do it. Sorry. Uh, turn around. So now think about it. Who have we had in 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 the Oval Office the last 20 years, this guy that this guy's been in. You had resident Obama and you had George W. Bush. George W. Bush was a huge pro-illegal immigration guy. It's one of the one of the few uh, problems I had with, well, I shouldn't say few. Uh, one of the major disagreements I had with President Bush was the fact that, you know, uh, he, he, he was of a mind that, like Jeb Bush, that illegal immigration was an act of love. <laughs> to which sorry it's illegal don't do it get to work and and come up with a legal immigration system that is modern and i understand the politics it's easier said than done but if it's worth doing do it you don't just say well we're just not going to enforce immigration law <laughs> sorry no that's not what you that's not what you do we have been betrayed by both political parties by occupiers of the oval office and presidents on this issue for the better part of four decades. And there's, there are no two ways to say it. Now, now we've got Donald Trump who's sending the very clear signal that, yeah, America is back and America will enforce the rule of law. Illegal entry will not be permitted. If, if Congress wants to do some work for a living and put together a reformation of legal immigration, let's talk. Let's talk. If you catch someone coming across the border today, do you catch and release or do you catch and hold? No, we do not. That's, that's the first policy that President Trump uh, changed. And, and now that, uh, again, I've, I've stated many times that the handcuffs are being taken off of the, the law enforcement agents and we're putting the handcuffs back on the criminals. That is the best line. You know what, Ellie, can we make that into a new band? I mean, <laughs> that's my new band. Uh, handcuffs off... Law enforcement handcuffs on criminals. That doesn't have a doesn't flow, but it's a great saying. It's a great bumper sticker. Let's make a bumper sticker out of it. And that's exactly the, what has been turned on its head during the last eight years is that public enemy number one was law enforcement, according to the liberal Democrats who ran things in Washington, D.C. and in some liberal states. And the Border Patrol, as we have observed on many occasions here on the Salcedo Show, they were turned to Walmart greeters instead of actual law enforcement. Now, 
now they are they have been returned to their proper role, as have the criminals. And you know what? During the Obama administration, he was taking handcuffs off the criminals and releasing them back on the streets to victimize you and me. And he was putting handcuffs on the Border Patrol. And as a matter of fact, Obama was, remember, he, there, there's a soundbite of him out there threatening the Border Patrol. If they dared enforce federal immigration law, that he would crack down on them. The moron. All right, folks, I, I, I got to deal with Trump before our time runs out here on the Chris Salcedo Show. And it centers around the use of the Moab, the mother of all bombs, the whatever they... But I like mother of all bombs because I can't remember the other, <laughs> the actual acronym, what it means. Uh, back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. I think we're trying to send a message, particularly to the North, the Koreans, perhaps also the Iranians. They're developing nukes. The nukes are buried. They're intended to be in places that are highly reinforced. And this is a way of saying we can get there. Uh, and if you do it in an isolated place in Afghanistan against the public enemy number one in the world, ISIS, it's a way to demonstrate the efficacy of the bomb. As Charles Krauthammer giving his explanation is, why now? Why drop the Moab, the, the mother of all bombs, on ISIS now? This was developed in for Iraq, never used in that theater. Of course, Barack Obama couldn't be made to act on much of anything. So why do it now? And, I, and Charles Krauthammer, I think his explanation is as good as any. I don't know if I believe it or if... If uh, it's let's just say it this way, I I agree that the use of such a powerful piece of technology and ordinance does is is meant to send multiple messages that America that America is taking a strong stance no matter where the hell we are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now, there was a lot of there was a lot of questioning of Donald Trump yesterday on his use of the Moab and, you know, what the processes were. Uh, for its use and the implementation. And I was struck by one of the questions by the basket of bias press. Did you approve it? Did you now you understand why they asked that? Because if, if it could be found or demonstrated even through ISIS propaganda that civilians were at all impacted, the press could say, Oh, he kills civilians. Donald Trump is a warmonger. This is the angle they would go for. You know, they, they applauded Obama for not attacking our enemy for fear it might hit somebody who's, who's an innocent. Well, it is, you know, it is battle. It does happen that way sometimes. But in their efforts to pin him in, we learned something about Donald Trump's governing style and how he views and how much respect he has for those in the military. So, Mr. Trump, did you order the dropping of the Moab? We have given them total authorization, and that's what they're doing. And frankly, that's why they've been so successful lately. If you look at what's happened over the last eight weeks and compare that really to what's happened over the last eight years, you'll see there's a tremendous difference. (laughs) He's unleashed 
the United States military. He has said, I'm going to leave the fighting up to those who know how to fight. I'm going to, here's my mission, win. Well, sir, how do you want us to get there? I'm not here to micromanage you. I'm not here to have you call up some left-wing puke in my in my White House to get permission to act so you can check to see if it fits a political agenda or a political narrative. Now, the reason I bring it up like this, folks, is this is exactly the situation that existed in the Obama era. That and we have not one, not two, but three former secretaries of defense being what it was like to work in Obama's White House. And right off the bat, you're going to hear from a Democrat, Leon Panetta, who who couldn't stand these little weaselly politicos doing what they were doing. It was the operational micromanagement. Sorry, that's Gates. Gates is first off. This is um, Mr. Gates, who also instructed us that it was indeed these left wing liberal pukes who were calling up generals on the front line to see, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you're going to drop bomb there? Oh, that might not look good in the press. Might not want to do that, General. Uh, the pre- president's given me authority. You ought not do that. It was the operational micromanagement that drove me nuts. Too often, uh, people are kind of worried or second-guessing where the president wants to go, and they try to then shave their views to basically please the president. I don't think there's one veteran uh, uh, on his senior staff at the White House. I don't believe there's one business person. I don't believe there's one person who's ever run anything. I think he's got to fundamentally understand, and I don't, I'm not sure he ever did, nor the people around him, the, the tremendous responsibility the United States has. And I think that Donald Trump may have a firmer grasp of that than President Obama ever did. I, I, and by judging by our successes so far, and the military being allowed to do what the military does, I think I'm all for it. So far, so good. Of course, we're only two months in, folks. Only two months in. Seems like an eternity because of the press, doesn't it? Hey, I want you guys to have a safe, happy uh, Easter weekend. Remember what Good Friday, remember what Holy Saturday and, and, and Easter Sunday is all about. And remember, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a great one, folks. Back here Monday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. For the Salcedo Show. 3393 The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.